Next on BYUSN, after a 41-14 shellacking at Liberty, what's going on with Cougar football right now? So are you more concerned with the defense or the fact that the offense didn't score for three quarters of football? I'm concerned about it all. We're about to have a serious conversation. It's not going great, Bob. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Monday, October 24th, two weeks away from men's basketball season. I am Jerem Jordan. He is Dave McCann. Hey, lot to talk about today. Dave. Isn't that the best little quip? It's not going, it's not going great, Bob. Not great, Bob. <laughs> it fits so many things, and it fits this one. And the, the beauty of it is, is there's, there's anger, there's frustration, there's anxiety, there's all those emotions that you want to have because the opposite of that is apathy, and apathy means you're dead. We're not, so we're not we're gonna, to that point we're gonna, quite yet. We're in the pot. We're going to stir it up today, yes. and we're going to hear from everybody because... Uh, that's what Cougar Nation is full of. The apathy is down the road, if, and hope it doesn't come. But right now, it's, it's all the right emotions for a team that's lost three games. And let's just get it out there. I was absolutely wrong about the Liberty game. I was super confident. It did not happen. did not happen. In fact, I uh, freezing cold taked myself after the third quarter because yeah. it wasn't going well. You're, hey, you're go. not alone. We will break it down throughout the show. We're all wrong. We were all wrong. I was wrong on AFR. I said this was going to be a blowout because I thought a Division I team was going to show up and play at Liberty, and they didn't. It was and, tough. And that's what happens. Actually, one Division I team did yeah. and, and put 41 points on the board. So here's what we got coming up tonight, this morning, all day, because you can watch this anytime, <laughs> anyplace. Thunderman. Trevor Maddich, our national champion, ESPN football analyst. We're going to ask him some tough questions, and he's going to have some tough answers uh, that certainly on everybody's mind. We're also going to hear from Kalani. We'll hear from Jaron Hall. We'll hear from Max Tooley. We're going to hear from Tyler Batty. Their post-game interviews with Spencer from back at Williams Stadium in their entirety. And then we'll discuss some of that. So we'll hear from the players involved. And we'll look at the best team on campus. The best team on campus right now does not play with a ball. That's how it's going right now, which is uh, <laughs> tough. But there are some other good uh, teams on campus, which brings us to today's headlines. We begin with football, losing 41-14. At Liberty, the Flames scored 38 unanswered after BYU led 14-3 in the second quarter. BYU mustered a season-low 258 yards of total offense on 50 plays, tied for second-fewest all season. Much more coming up, of course. And who were those guys? In the NFL, Tyler Algier, remember him? Scored his first touchdown as a professional in a 35-17 loss to the Bengals. Falcons can't win games, but they, they're starting to make some plays. Zach Wilson's Jets have won four in a row with him as a starter. He had just 121 yards passing. Didn't play great, but the Jets are winning. And that's all that matters in New York, 16-9 next door against Denver. Cougars in the NFL. Jamal Williams had 15 carries for 79 yards and a loss to the Cowboys. Fred Warner had six tackles and a loss to the Chiefs. Everyone's losing. Everyone's losing. It's uh, rough. Michael Davis had five tackles. KBN had two and a loss to my Seahawks, who are somehow good. Sione Takitaki had eight tackles for the Browns uh, in a win over, or in a loss, rather, to the Ravens. The 2012 Super Bowl champion Ravens were honored at that game, by the way. Dennis Pitta was there. Dax Milton had a four-yard catch, two punt returns for eight yards, and a 23-21 win against the Packers. Spencer was at that game. How about Dax Milton and Zach Wilson won their games? They won a lot of games. When Some big here, wins. They get NFL wins yesterday. 19th-ranked BYU soccer with a big win over Gonzaga in the rain, 2-1. How was that? Did you enjoy it that? Was yeah. It was wet, yeah. Bella Foligno and Ali Fryer scored goals in the Cougars, now in second place in the WCC. First place, Santa Clara, comes Saturday, Southfield, BYU TV. Rematch of the Final Four last year, which BYU won. You'll be on the call. That'll be a night. Number 17, women's volleyball was swept by number four, San Diego, Friday. Cougars' second straight loss. BYU currently half game back of second behind 
LMU. BYU hosts Gonzaga in Portland this week. Shout out to men's soccer. They win their fifth straight conference championship. A 7-1 victory over Utah Valley over the weekend. Evan Smith and Eric Morris both with a pair of goals in the victory, in the championship victory. There you go. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by BYU Food To Go, the MVP of your next event. So, BYU loses at Liberty 41-14, Dave. Three losses in a row. The Cougars are reeling. We begin with this, Kalani Satake. What's going on, man? The thing that I was really disappointed in today was just the, the loss of fundamentals, and that's something that I thought we focused on quite a bit last week. And the fact that you know fundamentals meaning not able to block, not able to 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 um, you know to tackle, our inability to do that cons- do that consistently and do it well. Um, you know th- those when you're in the situation where you're trying to run the right scheme to stop what they can do offensively you, you rely on guys doing their 111th and that means making the block and making the tackle and um, and then not being able to take care of the football and for us on defense um, not being able to disrupt and, 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 and get after the quarterback I mean too comfortable you know the fact that he had this type of efficiency that's on that's on us and that's on us not being able to disrupt, disrupt his timing. Referring to Jonathan Bennett, those comments on BYU Radio after the game, uh, who's had a career high in uh, completions and yards and completion percentage. Day-Day Hunter runs for 213. That's a career high. Everyone had a career high, Dave. Uh, this, is, uh, th- this is giving me 2017 vibes right now, Dave, this yeah. loss. Um, and right now, BYU's reeling, having lost three in a row. Defense was better in 2017, or at least played like that. Some of the games BYU lost were like 10-3 to or 9-3 to and then things like that. This was... Uh, this was a, a, a bad experience on both sides of the ball, as bad as we've seen them play uh, in a long, long time. That was as bad a tackling as we've seen. People don't even recognize them. It's like, who were those guys? Um, play, hard to believe that they played better against Arkansas on defense when they gave up 52 points, but just in the fundamental of tackling. And it was supposed to be after a week of rallying together and Kalani calling the defense and... Uh, and, and, then, and then they played worse. And afterwards, Kalani said he's going to continue to call the defense. Well, I'm going to keep running the defense and, and focusing on getting the defense better and executing better. So that's that's going to be my focus, and that's you know we're going to ask the guys to coach their positions better and hold everybody accountable, and ask the players to hold each other accountable. And uh, I look forward to seeing who wants to come out of this mess, you know. But it's it, it's an easy filter for me. See who wants to join the fight and who wants to not be a part of it. And so we'll, we'll get through it. Who wants to join the fight? Everyone was in the fight when they beat ninth-ranked Baylor nine years ago, back on September 10th of um, uh, you know 1989. <laughs> of Feels a long time ago. They're the same guys. They're the same guys that have won all those games. What are they? They're 25 and eight over the last 33. These are the same guys that have won a lot, and all of a sudden, it's like they've completely forgotten how to play, how to tackle, how to block, how to throw. Yeah. What's up with that? It's weird, and uh, it, it comes down to the basics, and obviously the coaches need to be held accountable for the lack of fundamentals, um, and the players need to execute the game plan. It's yeah. not happening right now. Um, for, first thought on, uh, it obviously, is defensive. They've uh, BYU giving up 547. BYU's 4-0 when allowing sub-400, 0-4 when allowing more than 400. That's really feast or famine. BYU's plus two in this game and still gets blown out. Like, what? Liberty didn't do its thing, which is rely on takeaways to win. In fact, they gave it away. Um, I thought BYU would, uh, if you told me BYU was plus two, I would have guessed BYU won this game. No, not even close. 
Cruz had a double-digit lead in this game. They blow it. Um, just, just really tough. Liberty absolutely was the opposite of what I thought. Um, and they're a good team. They're two out in the AP poll. Very good team. Okay, BYU is now a 500 team. And three weeks ago after Utah State, on this program we said, uh, was winning enough against the Aggies? The answer was no. And we said BYU is staring down the barrel of three straight losses if they don't bring it. And here we are with three straight losses. Tyler Algier was way better than we thought is another uh, idea I have. The lack of a run game has affected BYU way more than we thought. We thought Christopher Brooks would be really good. He's been banged up. But also Miles Davis and Lopini Kato. Injured and ineffective, the two eyes uh, that you don't want, which is, which is troubling. So they've had to rely on Jaron Hall, and Jaron Hall is hurt. And Jaron Hall has not played his best game against Notre Dame and played well against Arkansas, didn't play well against Liberty here, but he is banged up. I don't, I don't 100% put this on Jaron per se, but it's tough. BYU's not getting, uh, you know, having success on first and second down, third and longs, predictable. And all of a sudden, BYU's outscored by 38. So Tyler Algier was way better than we thought. Morale is down. Baylor feels like this massive outlier in this season. is more like the team, unfortunately, that showed up against Oregon. And I think somehow in that game, BYU got broken in some way. Confidence. Yes, confidence was shattered in some way that, again, against Wyoming and Utah State was tough. BYU won, but we were like, something's up. And so we kind of see this coming. But after the last two years, Dave, with largely the same group as you mentioned, yeah. this is very disappointing that this team isn't better. We thought this team could be really good. The offensive line has not been as good as we thought. This is tough. This is tough to watch with a group that we thought could win 10 games. It's like driving with a cracked windshield. Uh, you just can't, you can't see. The light hits the glass. You, you, can't, you can't even stay in the lane because your, your vision's been impaired. And BYU's got cracked confidence in the same kind of thing. They, they, they can't see the vision. They can't see where they're going. Um, and, and now they can't even control, control the, the, the automobile. Um, BYU needs to run the football. There's not confidence from the coaching staff that they can run the football, so they don't commit to running the football. They ran 16 times on the Saturday. players. Playing from behind. Yeah, and the, and the offensive line must not be confident that they can run the football. Which is weird. Because they don't run the football when, I, they, when they try. This feels like a group that has three NFL guys on it. Yeah. In Freeland, Barrington, and Suamatia. And the other guys are, are up-and-comers, and they all have huge size. So, so if, uh, if Aaron Roderick doesn't believe they can run, he's not going to call running plays. And on the running plays that he does call, they don't run because the offensive line doesn't – they're getting pushed back instead of marching forward. We'll ask Trevor Maddich about that coming up. He was a big offensive lineman, the center on the national championship team. But it's all about confidence and, and also confidence in the backup. If an injured Jaron Hall is still your best chance to win a football game against a team that played their third-string quarterback, Liberty, Notre Dame played their second-string quarterback, and then Arkansas played a, a behemoth that they, they couldn't handle. But, but their backups can go in and win because everyone else is still playing hard. Well, BYU can't switch out the quarterback for some reason. And no one else is playing great with the exception of Puka, who seems to lay it all on the line every week. And so nothing works and everything's bad. And it's just magnified by a humiliating loss at Liberty. And, um, and the good thing is you can fix it. With some confidence. You gotta call the right place. You feel it's fixable. Confidence. It's fixable because of the same guys that won all those other games. It you don't feels... gotta go get a hundred new guys. Yeah, I hope it's fixable. I mean good gosh. If uh, not, we're gonna have to get a hundred new guys and we're gonna be last place in the Big Twelve for the next five years. Okay, final thought on this. 
BYU is in danger of not going to bowl game right now, given where the confidence is at. Because if they don't fix it quick, obviously going to be Utah Tech live on BYU TV coming up in November. ECU is quality. We'll break that down throughout the week. I, I tweeted some stuff out last night. I am scared of that offense. Then you have at Boise State. Oh, Boise State stinks, right? They lost at UTEP. No, no, no. They're 5-2. and two. They fixed it. Yeah, they fixed what Stanford they won at Notre Dame. They beat a team BYU did not. BYU has to win one of those three games down the stretch besides Utah Tech to make a bowl game. I never thought this would be a conversation point for us, but that's where we're at. Now, BYU being at night at home, is that enough against ECU on Friday night? I'm not sure because that offense is really good and BYU's defense is really stakes right now. So uh, BYU's in trouble. They've got, to, they've got to figure out how to get one more game. And even then, BYU could get to that bowl game and yeah. lose and have a losing record this year. The best I thing. hope not. Here's what they got going for them Friday night. It's going to be cold. <laughs> East Carolina's coming Advantage from Mountain from Men. <laughs> Advantage <laughs> the home team. All right, here's another hot-button issue today. What's more concerning to you? BYU giving up 41 on defense or the BYU offense not scoring for the last three quarters at Liberty? It's a great question. Getting outscored by Gardner-Webb on the same field yeah. only seven days later. The fighting whatevers of Gardner-Webb. I couldn't name the mascot. Gardner's good. Webb is where they <laughs> Yeah, started. Gardner's real quality. Gardner-Webb played Liberty way tougher than BYU yeah, did, which pathetic. is weird. Which is weird. They're both concerning. I think uh, we thought the offense could carry BYU if the defense struggled at times. We thought that against Notre Dame. But I have, I have concerns more about the defense because I think if you can't stop the run and you're giving up, uh, you know, what, seven yards of play right. and 547 yards to Liberty, that's not good because ECU, to me, their offense is better than Liberty's. They have the, uh, the school record holder in touchdowns and passing yards and the AAC's completion uh, leader as well uh, in, in uh, Houston Eilers. He's really good. So I'm concerned about the defense not giving the offense a chance. Because if, the, if BYU can't run the ball, if they're playing from behind a bunch, Aaron Roderick's smart. He's got he's to catch up, right? So you're not going to run at the same, in the same way. And if Jaron Hall truly is injured, and he is, this is, this is troubling. You can't rely on the offense to win you the game. This has got to be a different type of situation. And I'm not sure where the fixes are going to come because it feels like the morale is so low that it isn't easily fixable or rallyable for this team right now. I am concerned about Friday night. It's hard to gauge morale because fan morale is, is, is low, and, and, and we all react to, you know, the, the worst possible thing that something good happens. So now we're in the – we just – it's like squirrel, you know, for a fan. Um, I don't know where the morale is in the football team. Puka Nakua addressed the team on – on Saturday after the game. Was that enough? Was that enough to get their attention coming into practice this week? I don't know because we're not in it. We're closer than most. I think we can watch the interviews we're going to show and look at body language. Yeah, body language after the... To me, that tells you morale. Body language after the the loss, certainly the morale's down. But I don't know how fast it can come back up. Um, We just know these guys have a history of winning. They have a history of playing hard. Ben Bywater has a history of making tackles. He led the team in tackles last season. Uh, the last three games, he's not even where he's supposed to be to make a tackle. What's going on with that? Well, Ben Bywater's got to fix that. Yeah. And you can just go down the whole list. I mean, sure. just call out him, but you can just go down everybody. Jaron Hall has got to fix that. Aaron Roderick's got to fix the fact that it's third down and 10 and Puka's in the backfield and you hand him the ball and have him run yeah. to the short side of the field yeah. where all of Liberty and their student body's waiting to tackle him. And then we punt. And then BYU punts, Liberty scores, and BYU never gets the lead back again. 
What's that all about? I think that's the one play that had people going, are you kidding me? What's wrong? And, and again, that's just, just one on a, on a long list of uh, why are we doing that? Why did we do that? Why isn't that guy there? Why isn't this guy there? Yep. But they're the same guys that have had success. It's interesting. And I'm glad the game's on Friday this week because we need one last day of conversation about what's <laughs> not going on just to get to that game. And let's hear from you in Voice of the Nation in our question of the day today. What's more concerning to BYU's defense giving up 41 with the offense being shut out in the final three quarters? BYU Sports, yeah, on Instagram. I don't think anyone has ever said the defense was great. What BYU lacks in defense, they usually make up for with offense. When the offense doesn't show up, the whole team loses momentum. That, that's a valid point. Yeah. I think that's interesting. The offense, the offense isn't going. All of a sudden, there's this, this negative swell even on the defensive side of the ball. And historically, the offense has always picked up the defense at BYU in just about every single year since. Well, maybe, Outside of 2012. Yeah, you know, 2012 once we was got, Once Lavelle got here, the offense seemed to always pick up the defense. Defense was good, but when they weren't, BYU was able to win a 56-42 to 42 football game. All right, a little bit later today, Greg Rubel going to sit down with offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick, special teams coordinator Ed Lamb. That's at 2 Eastern on Coordinator's Corner. You can watch it live on the BYU TV app or on demand on BYUSN.com. That'll be an interesting hour. Okay, Dave and I have weighed in. Trevor Mattis will weigh in later. Coming up next, Jaron Hall, Max Tooley, Tyler Batty, all their postgame interviews in their entirety with Spencer Linton. Hear what they had to say after the game. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. It's a touchdown. Oh, the strong safety, the senior came in and Hall didn't know he was coming. The fight once again is won by Liberty. Well, I, one thing I can do is fight. I'm all about fighting through stuff. And BYU will try and fight through it with ECU coming to town on Friday night. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Jerem joined alongside Dave McCann. We've weighed in. Again, we'll hear from Trevor Maddich coming up on the program, but we begin the first of three post-game interviews with Jaron Hall speaking to Spencer after the game Saturday night in Lynchburg. A lot better. Let a lot of those guys down tonight, and that's uh, all that's on me. You know, facilitating the ball better, just keeping us in good situations. Walk us through the emotions and the feeling and the message in the locker room with Coach Satake after this game. Yeah, Kalani didn't, he didn't say a lot. You know, he doesn't need to say a lot for us. Love each other. You know, Puka stepped in and said a lot of good words to us, gathered us together. You know, football, it's, uh, you know, if, if it doesn't hurt, you're not in the right place. You know, so all the guys in the locker room hurt right now. It's not a good feeling. Uh, you know, so much talent potential. We're just not playing good football right now. How do you fix something like that when it's just not executing plays and guys are not making plays they usually do you look in the mirror make you know make some checks for yourself um, you got to be better you got to do more throughout the week treat monday tuesday wednesday thursday like a saturday you know for us and that's something we got to do better um, there's no magic answer there's no magic speeds we just got to go out and play football we've done it over the years i've seen seen our guys do it every guy in this locker room has contributed in ways you know to win games and so we just got to believe in ourselves more we got to we got to just got to do it you know enough, enough talking about it and make it happen what's the proper way to hold your teammates accountable I uh, would love, you know, if someone's not getting the job done, we got to talk to each other. We've got to be more open, uh, be more accepting of criticism from the coaches when we're watching film, we're making adjustments. Uh, just be more humble about it. And that's football, you know. At the end of the day, it's, it's, we're here to win games, and if we can't do that, we got to find someone that will. So, you know, for every single one of us, myself included, you know, that's the approach we got to take every day, and, and that's what we're going to do. 
Do you feel like it was more about Liberty and their ability to defend, or was this more about BYU beating themselves tonight? Yeah, fantastic team, man. All, all the respect in the world for Liberty. And they're not 6-1 and one for no reason. Really good defense, statistically great. And they, they played a lot harder to, today than we've seen on film, honestly. They, they were a, a very good defense, played very hard. Um, but on the, at the same time, we did a lot of stuff to hurt ourselves. And, you know, I, I did a lot of stuff to put us in bad situations. How do you get more emotionally, physically from your team? Just got to demand it from each other, plain and simple. It can't come from coaches. It's got to come from us. Jaron Hull after the game on the BYU Sports Nation game day postgame show. Uh, enough talking about it. Got to do it. Yep, we're yeah. at that point. Yeah. First time I've seen a little panic in his eyes and in his voice coming after a loss. Uh, this is a big season for him. Is it his last at BYU? We thought it might be. Should it be? Maybe not, the way things are going. But um, you, can, you can see in his voice that uh, he's not happy with his performance or, or how this team is, is playing. On the other side of the ball, here's what Max Tooley had to say. Max, where is this BYU football team mentally right now? I mean, anytime you have a disappointing loss, it's going to be hard. Um, you know, but we support our teammates. We love, we love our guys. Um, it's part of football. Whatever stage you are in football, you're gonna lose. You're gonna lose games. You're gonna lose re repetitive games. You know, um, but it's just a matter of keeping the right headspace and uh, keeping each other positive, knowing uh, our potential as as players, as individuals, um, as a team. Well, we know what we can do. So it's just a matter of remembering that, I guess. How do you fix that? Because clearly, it's much harder to do it than say it. How, how do you fix this? I mean, shoot, I don't know. Like, in my opinion, it's a little bit of everything, you know, just a matter of, you know, bringing the energy, being excited to play football. I think that, that could be the biggest thing. You know, we just need to come into these games with, with confidence and energy and just, just have fun. You know, I think we've been thinking a little bit too much and, uh, you know, things have gotten to us, but we just need to have fun and let loose. So, At this point, is it more about scheme? Is it more about players not making plays? What do you think? I mean, you watch the game, we didn't tackle well. Um, it's been, you know, three games, four games in a row where we, we've been subpar with our tackling, with, with our block shedding, um, at least defensively. So, I mean, you know, you can only, you can only bag a scheme so much. Um, there are things that probably need to change schematically as well as, you know, fundamentally. Um, I think it's just, just we just got to dig ourselves out of this rut. But. At 4-4, four and four, you have East Carolina on Friday. I mean, what what are you hoping to see from this BYU football team when you hit practice on Monday? Um, I think we're all determined to just you know put this one behind us ultimately and just you know play our our brand of football this going forward. Um, so we've all we've already decided Monday we're going to come out and just do what we do and have fun. So I heard it was a short message in the locker room, but an emotional one. What was that a locker room experience like just a few moments ago? You know, yeah. Um, Puka actually did most of the talking in that in that uh, time, but you know we we all know what needs to be done. Um, Puka did a good job at, at telling it, um, but yeah, it's it's hard. Messages after this game they're hard to take, um, but we all know. Yeah, we all know what we need to do. So what did he say? I mean, shoot, basically, you know. If you're going to step on the field, we need to make plays. You know, we need all the guys that are going to go out there and make plays. Um, but really, when it comes down to it, we just need to have confidence in each other. Um, just just play for our families, play for our team. You know, there's a lot of outside noise. Um, there's a lot of 
influences that, in my opinion, don't really matter. You know, when it comes down to it, the guys in that room, the guys in in our uh, in our building, those are the guys that matter. Those are the only opinions that matter. So, um, yeah, we just need to take that and just build within our own group. You know, stay off social media and whatnot. There's always going to be critics, and you know, frankly, they have no idea what they're talking about um, in most cases. So. I think it's just a matter of sticking to what we know how to do and playing the football we know how to play. Max, you've been one of the players that has been a leader of sorts with your play on the field. How do you use that role, uh, stepping into uh, more of that leadership spot, to hold guys accountable? What, what needs to happen there? I think any veteran that that's been in the program for multiple years, you know, we need, we need everybody to step up and you know, get us on the right track. So I think you know, being a veteran, being in the program for a couple of years, yeah, people are gonna. People are going to respond to to people like me. Um, so I think, yeah, it's just a matter of bending all together and creating something special for the rest of us. Max Tooley, Max a playmaker. I've spent some time with him. He, he has all the skills. We've seen it before. At one point, he led the country with three interceptions, two pick sixes. He can do those kind of things. But Max has got to worry about Max and trust that Peyton's going to worry about Peyton and Keenan's going to worry about Keenan. And Peyton's hurt. And, Didn't and play. Peyton's been hurt. Yeah. And, and you get the feeling that the defense doesn't trust the other guys, which, which is the confidence issue we're talking about. And, and start- so they're trying to do everything, and now they're nowhere. And it starts up front uh, with the defensive line. They've yeah. got to get some pressure and, and stop the run. And Tyler Batty uh, addressed as much in the postgame with Spencer. Tyler, you lead this game 14-3 in the first quarter. What changed, and, and where did things start to fall off the tracks for BYU football tonight? I think it just explosive plays. Uh, and, again, it comes down to just getting off the field on third downs. Uh, you get off, get off the field on third down, set yourself up for a good third down and get off the field, the game doesn't run away from you. So I think that's where we struggled. At this point, is it about players just not making plays, in your opinion? 150%. Yeah, uh, I, I since we've had some struggles this season, I, I said a couple times it's it's been a mindset, right? Um, stopping the runs, a mindset, just getting after it. We have players, and I I, I I do believe that they're in the right positions to make plays. The the plays just aren't going to make themselves, so we got to have guys that are you know that are going to step up and make tackles and, and get turnovers and. Uh, yeah, I believe we have guys that can do that 150%. It's just a matter of making it happen. So it's, it's been noted that this, this team, this defense specifically, maybe there is a lack of a specific leader to step up and hold guys accountable. Who does that player need to be, and, and what needs to be said so that you can adequately hold guys accountable? Uh, at the end of the day, um, it's, it's everyone. Uh, every dude in that locker room has to be able to step in at any given moment and say, hey, that's not good enough. Um, we got to do better, right? And, and dudes have to have the humility to, uh, to say you're right, and we're going to get better. And I, I think that's, I mean, that's where we're headed is, is guys just, you know, stepping up and, and, and working harder and sacrificing more and, and doing more, and, um, and that's going to show up on Saturdays. You've been through tough times before, tough losses, Maybe not a three-game losing streak like you're experiencing right now, but how do you dig deeper and, and get more, not just from yourself, but from all of the guys on this team? Um, we rally together. Uh, we love each other. Um, and you just look for, for any way that you can improve uh, anything. And I think as, as, as we do that, uh, we'll, we'll see this defense change. 
What's the first thing that has to change for you to get right against East Carolina? Excitement starts with, you know, uh, motivation. And if there's no motivation, just forcing yourself to, to do it right. Um, and I think, you know, motivation comes after you, you start acting. Uh, so that's that's what we got to do is we just got to, you know, come next week. We just got to get after it, um, take care of our bodies over the weekend, make sure that we're ready mentally, physically, emotionally for a hard week of practice next week to improve. And then come Saturday, just be excited to have another opportunity to go play football. Your coaches have taken a lot of criticism during this three-game losing streak. What's the message to the fans about the criticisms of the coaching staff and their role in all this? We have the best coaches in the nation. I, I don't doubt that. And I believe we have the best locker room in the nation as well. Um, just working through some bugs. And uh, that happens. That happens. Um, I believe we have an extremely talented team. Uh, I know we do. Um, and we have an amazing coaching staff. It's just putting the pieces together. And they've got to do that uh, with ECU and Boise State and Stanford still left on the schedule. They got some bugs. They got some bugs. Had four sacks against Baylor. In the six games since, four sacks. That's a screaming statistic about the defensive line. It's got to get better. Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, myself, going to hold group therapy as we do after defeats on After Further Review. That's Tuesday night, 7 Eastern on the free BYU TV app um, and BYUSN.com on demand. So come join us, and uh, we'll get through it together. Break down the X's and O's like no one does. Coming up, who's the best team on campus right now? We have an off-the-board nominee for you. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This is BYU Sports Nation to interact with the show and get great content throughout the day. Follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Welcome back to the show. He is Dave. I am Jerem. Let's whip it. Good whip round. Presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Well, Brett McMurphy projects BYU and Central Florida in the Cure Bowl. Would you take that right now? I would. Uh, a rematch of the 2020 Boca Raton Bowl. And I would take a bowl game because right now, uh, certainly BYU needs to get six wins. But uh, yeah, it's not looking great. It's not trending in a, in a swell direction. BYU's going to beat Utah Tech. Needs one win in the other three. That would be a pre-Big 12 game, BYU Central Florida in the bowl game. That's right. So and then they not? might play as league members. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All I saw is uh, East Carolina ripped right through them on Saturday night. That was crazy. 34-13. Yeah. Is women's soccer going to host a first-round NCAA tournament game now that they're in the top 20 in RPI? I don't know. We seem to always get a raw deal from the NCAA. Uh, but the championship game last year, we've certainly benefited from that in the polls. Maybe, maybe overhyped uh, by the NCAA when the season began. But they found themselves now. They beat Santa Clara Saturday night uh, and, and keep things rolling. Why not? They might be the best number 19 team in the country uh, as they're playing right now, which makes them dangerous in the tournament. Then it shakes out on the season. So, yeah, why not? I, I think they'll host in the first, but I have to go on the road for second quarter. The BYU College Bowl team advanced to the semifinals of NBC's trivia show with the Manning boys. Is this BYU's best team right now? Now, cross-country would argue they are the best teams uh, because they're in the top five. But let's, let's give a shout-out to our homies uh, who have been on the show doing work. They're in the semifinals. Let's go. Get it done. They're the smartest team we got. Oh, 100%. 100%. Absolutely. We wish them the very, very best. That's cool. That's cool. BYU football with Kalani Sataki. That's tomorrow night. 
with Greg Rubel on the BYU TV app. Coach will bring a player. They'll look back at Liberty, and I have a feeling they'll look back at it very shortly, and they'll look ahead to Friday <laughs> night with East Carolina. Available on the BYU TV app at 8.30 Eastern time tomorrow night. Coming up, ESPN's Trevor Maddich on what's going on with Cougar football right now. You've heard from Dave and I. You've heard from Jaron Hall, Max Cooley, Tyler Batty. Trevor's up next. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to another compelling and rich BYU Sports Nation on this Monday of morning. I'm Jerem Jordan alongside Dave McCann. Ah, it's going to be a long week, people, but we have Friday Night Football with ECU coming up this week. Okay, uh, we've talked about it, Dave. We've heard from the players right. and the coaches. Now let's bring in... ESPN college football analyst Trevor Maddich to weigh in on the carnage that is BYU football right now. Trevor, welcome back to the program. I wish we were talking about a win. We are not. BYU gets blown out at Liberty. They've lost three in a row. They're four and four. Where would you like to start the conversation? Well, I'd like to start the conversation with a, with a prelude, if I may. This is not to make an excuse, but to say that it is a real thing that they've played a brutally physical schedule. And they have had to play games without their top two starting defensive ends. They've had to play games without two of their three best receivers. They, their running back room has been banged up. Quarterback's been banged up. It's been, it's been a, a rough stretch. Having said that, the things that they do control, they have not controlled. And I am incredibly disappointed at all the things that go into that. I think the biggest reaction from fans that, that I've heard that we've talked about is that, that they don't even recognize this team. There was a game played on Saturday. Liberty played somebody that had a Y on their helmet, but nobody knew who they were because of how they played. Uh, it could have been the rapture. Maybe only the BYU football team was taken. They were replaced by somebody else. <laughs> uh, it, it seems like that because, Dave, the, this team always, no matter the level of talent or injury, this team always must play to its greatest advantage. And that is the caliber of, of student that comes to BYU, the caliber of athlete that comes here. And that is one that is disciplined in their personal life, one that is coachable. And from an athlete standpoint, typically a locker room that's got more older players. And one thing that doesn't show up on tape is that they are playing with locker room leadership. It, shows up on tape that it seems that they're looking at their own social media and they're really happy about that. And the uh, Nick Saban of Alabama head coach talked about rat poison, about how he lamented the media saying good things about his players because his players consume that and then they don't have the right attitude in practice. They don't have the sense of urgency that brings the most out of their talent. And I'm not in that locker room. But I can tell you that watching this BYU team on tape on both sides of the ball, it looks more like a team that is consuming rat poison to the detriment of the urgency and focus and preparation than it looks like a team that is a little bit older, that has great individual and great athletic discipline. And I'm really disappointed. Last year's team walked in with no expectations. Jaron Hall was the new guy that we had seen before, but now it's his squad, and they reeled off 10-3 and three and finished ranked in 6-1 and one versus Power Fives and beat Utah, and it was awesome. And we thought, that team is basically coming back. Um, so that's the disappointment to me and where it starts, Trevor, is that this was a team that was very similar to last year. Now, no Tyler Algier perhaps is a bigger deal than we think. 
and we can talk offense in a sec, but let's talk defense. Giving up 41 to Liberty is weird. This is a team that, uh, you know, Gardner-Webb played Liberty better than BYU did, and they're not tackling, and they're not creating havoc, and they're not doing simple things. So where does that begin to get better, and does it? Well, let's start with this. That on offense and defense, but defense now, there are two stages to a play. One is before you engage with an opponent, and the other is after you engage with the opponent. And you need to make sure that what you do before you engage with the opponent is perfect. The technique, the pad level, all those things are perfect. Because then when you engage, now the other guy has something to say because he's good too. And Mike Tyson famously said that everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face, right? And so the problem with BYU's defense that I see more than anything else is what happens before they engage And then what happens in terms of alignment assignment technique afterwards? If you get blocked out of position, well, you get blocked out of position, but you better be blocked out of position while you're doing the right things with the right pad level. And I think we can can look at one play from the Liberty game and see a bunch of the problems that had rolled in. One was, it was that 80-yard touchdown in the third quarter, touchdown runoff right tackle. So what people saw on TV was an inside linebacker come from the inside out and dove at the feet of the running back and he missed the tackle. And they're saying, yeah, he should have run through the tackle, wrapped up, all that stuff. Yeah, well, okay, that, that's fair. But what happened to start that debacle on that 80-yard touchdown run was that the defensive end at the point of attack got driven back six yards, straight backwards, six yards. It started with the tight end because he was kind of over outside a little bit. And the defensive end stood up and it allowed the tight end to get leverage on him. That's what I'm talking about, pad level before contact. You need to have your pad level below theirs. You need to have leverage before contact. He just stood up and looked around, and the tight end pushed him back two yards. Then, without double-teaming with the tackle, the tight end went off to block somebody else. And the tackle came in with a D lineman of BYU, two yards downfield, still standing up, still looking around, and the tackle pushed him back another four. When you have your D end at the point of attack driven straight back six yards, it's hard to blame anybody else, but there's more blame to go around. One of them is the outside linebacker on that side had a blocker come up on him and it's at second level. And instead of attacking that blocker, he turned his back to the blocker. He turned to his right to the inside and then ran backwards a little bit to avoid the block and try to come back and and make a tackle on the outside. Well, a couple of problems with that. One is that the deep safety, single deep safety, was trying to come up at an angle to cut off the the breakout. And he ran into the outside linebacker who turned his back to the blocker and without being touched by the blocker, I don't think, ran backwards into the angle that the safety was trying to take. So they blocked each other. That was just beautiful. That was just lovely. And it was a breakout for an 80-yard touchdown. Right. These are things that are not because you're injured or because you are not good enough. It's because you didn't focus and do the right things the right way before contact. And this is something that they really need to they need to figure out. A red flag for sure was uh, Kalani Sataki took over the defensive play calling and there was an expected, you know, rally to the cause and, and come out with everything you just talked about, a better focus, more energy, and they played worse than the week before or the week before that. So where does Kalani go on this Monday to try and rally him for Friday night? 
Well, I, he said a couple of things that he normally doesn't say in the post-game press conference. He said that from now on, uh, every we're, we're going to see who wants to be a part of this fight. He said that this program is going to get tough now. Uh, it's going to be tough. Well, okay, it wasn't before. And if it wasn't, whose fault was it? And every game's the Super every, He said every game's going to be the Super Bowl. Every game should be the Super Bowl. You should prepare for every game as if it's the Super Bowl. Why is the head coach happy to say they're going to now start doing that? That's disappointing. And that, to me, goes in large measure to the players in the locker room. Leadership should not be top down. Leadership should not have to come to um, from the coaching staff to the players on a mature team like this. Now, it needs to do that. But this disappoints me about the locker room leadership tremendously that he had to even say that. And when it comes to how to teach, this is one thing that the assistant coaches really need to look in the mirror now because their players don't play like they are heavily coached in technique. They play like they're coached in scheme, but not in technique. Now, maybe they are, but they're not getting it onto the field in a way that they could be convicted in a court of law for playing with great technique before everything breaks down as they engage with, with the opponent and the play goes on. And I think that that's one. Now, I don't know the answer to this because I'm not on the practice field, but I think the assistant coaches need to look themselves in the mirror and ask if they're doing enough to focus on the fundamentals of football to get these guys to maximize their potential. And that's one thing that Coach Sataki also said that he, he I haven't heard him say that much. He talked about the lack of fundamentals. Wait, what? On a team that's a little bit older with guys that have personal discipline in their personal lives. And they're not focused enough on fundamentals. You know, that, that is how they're playing. And so the, the tape doesn't lie. And that's what the tape says. So what, what does Coach Sataki need to do? He needs to get everybody, including the assistants, refocused on that. Because unless they play with good fundamentals, their talent is not going to matter. Now, having said all that, let me say this. I think Kalani Sataki is the coach for this team for the next 20 years if he wants to stay. I think he is the right man for the spot. But now he has to wrangle a herd of cats that are not focused on the right things. When you go 21-4 and four the past two seasons, the standard is high, and certainly it is here, as BYU has equaled that total amount so far through eight games. We're talking to ESPN's Trevor Maddich. Trevor, the offense, I think, isn't without blame, too. The lack of a run game has been an issue to keep BYU on the field, keep the chains moving, score a little easier. BYU's been dependent on an injured Jaron Hall at this point. Have we realized that Tyler Algier was the real MVP from last year? Well, he probably was the real MVP from last year. And in fairness, again, this running back room has been banged up. They've been having a lot of runs, a high percentage of runs go to wide receivers, where they'd really rather just pound it downhill with the running backs. But this is where the offensive line needs to take over. This offensive line is one of the most talented that they've ever had. They're big, they're experienced, and they don't play like it. And I'm disappointed about that too. What you want to see from an offensive line to start with is dog. You want to see them play like they're junkyard dogs, where they fire into opponents and they they make the opponent fear every single run. So in the fourth quarter, those defenders are beaten down and the offensive line is now smashing them. Watch Michigan's offensive line. They don't always drive you way down the field, but they will hit you hard and drive you whatever direction you're going way farther than you want to go. What you see from this offensive line on inside runs is 
style and technique as if the inside run were an outside run. On an outside run, you step to the side and you kind of mirror and you push guys uh, the way they want to go. On an inside run, you need to take a step to the side, his own step, and then you need to blast into the defender. And early in games, if the defender's good, you won't see a lot of effect. But later in the game, you'll see those guys wear down. What you see from the offensive line is inside runs look like outside runs. I don't see them driving into guys. I don't see them firing off the ball. They just kind of step off the ball on inside runs. That's disappointing to me because if these guys played with more dog, then they could overcome the injuries to quarterback, receiver, running back in much more effective fashion than they have so far. Now, I'm not calling into question their character. I don't know what they're being told to do. I don't know what they're being coached to do on those inside runs. But when I see guys that talented take a zone step and then fit up with a defender and then try to push them, that's inadequate, especially in this situation. They need to take a zone step, fire into the defender, and make that defender rue the day they ever took that football field against them. They're talented enough to do it. I don't know why it's not being done the way it needs to be done, but everybody needs to take a look in the mirror because this team could be so much better if this offensive line took it over. We'll see if they do that Friday against ECU. Trevor, we appreciate the time. Some candid comments as always. Best of luck this week on your coverage on uh, ESPN. The tape don't lie. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks. Trevor's right. The tape don't lie. Hey, some uh, brutally honest uh, critique from Trevor who gets full it. Of cats, I thought, said it best. Because you know, <laughs> have you ever tried to get a bunch of cats together? I have not, but one They're of my everywhere. favorite Super Bowl commercials ever was where they had these cowboys with cats. It was just, it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, BYU's, like we've talked about, we've now heard from basically everybody, including yeah. Trevor, of what needs to happen this week, and it's a short week. How about basketball to the rescue? Mm -hmm. Didn't think we'd say that. <laughs> Wednesday night, our first look at the Cougars, and there's a lot of new Cougars to get a look at. 9 o'clock Eastern time, it's the blue-white scrimmage. It's live on the BYU TV app, and then it's the first exhibition game next week. And then November 7th, Mark Pope's new group plays for real against Idaho State. It all starts Wednesday night here on BYU TV. Two weeks from tonight, the season opener. Let's go. And rise and shout out coming up to winners in the rain. Women's soccer getting it done. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation on demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps or listen to the podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review the show. Those pictures say it all about soccer in the rain. It was, it was crazy. We'll talk about that in a sec. Uh, let's get to our game day guarantees. Guaranteed to not uh, actually happen. Here's our game day guarantee results. We have to give them to you. We're contractually obligated. Okay, here we go. My guarantee is number one, uh, polka dot circus. Here we go. Uh, number one, BYU will turn it over exactly once. Nope, they had zero turnovers. I thought the nation's leader would uh, take it in. Take yeah, no. Number two, Liberty will turn it over two plus. Yep, two on the button. Got that one. Ding. And the Flames will score 21 or less. Spencer's nope. <laughs> no, no, plus no. Plus 20. No, they did not. Spencer's guarantees BYU will hold Liberty under 50% on third down conversions. Liberty was 7 for 12 on third downs and then 2 for 2 on fourth downs. Mm -hmm. It got worse. Cody Epps would score a touchdown. He didn't. Should have got the ball more, but didn't. Uh, and then whoever leads this game at halftime will win the game. 
He got that right. Hugh Freeze now 28-1 when leading Huffman. Crazy. Okay, yeah. so uh, we stink again. Uh, yeah. Okay, right. time for Fantasy Friday. Yeah, and I understand you're pretty good at this. Got a great streak that's going. Not, that's the exact answer. Let's take a look. Okay, my team, Zach Wilson, not doing much on offense. But uh, winning games. But winning games. I got 16 total points. All right, well, Spencer went with Jaron Hall, Max Tooley, and Puka. Puka was legit again. He got 44, so literally that's 44 Puka, to 16. That's Puka and Jaron beat my whole team. 44, 16, 41, 14. Interesting. I am I am now 0 and 8 in Fantasy Friday. <laughs> Good thing I'm not uh, paid to, in Fantasy Friday. You ways. need to turn your focus to Thursday. I'm paid in blessing. <laughs> okay, our question of the day: What's more concerning to you, BYU's defense giving up 41 on offense, or being shut out for the final three quarters? Our elite voice of the day is presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated at the Casual Hippie. Casual. The fact that we Peace out. both have, uh, have both of those issues now, something bigger uh, than just one side is wrong here. Oh, by the way, special teams hasn't been great either with field goal kicking, and Ryan Rico's not been the same guy as the last two it's years. It's confidence across the whole spectrum. It's tough. Got to fix it. It's tough right now. Short week with ECU, which, by the way, typically 13 days out, we'd find out about Boise State's TV and time. Uh, Fox will let everybody know six days out, meaning next uh, this Sunday. So we'll find that out at Boise State. Let's hope it's not at like 8 o'clock at night. I'm there. guessing FS1 in late. That would be my guess. No. Today's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Rise and Shoutout to women's soccer. We needed a win Saturday night after the football game, after women's volleyball losing at San Diego. That was a tough one, of course, top five uh, game there. Women's soccer got it done against Gonzaga and in the rain. That is the... Uh, wettest game I have participated in, in my 16 years. Ago. Shout out to our entire BYU TV crew. They, and there. it was cold, by the way. Yeah. 40 degrees. Mm. Jeez. Nice job, nice job everyone. Okay, team, thanks to, team and crew. Yes, absolutely. Our thanks to today's guest, Trevor Manage. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. This and all of our shows are on demand at BYUSN.com. We made it. It's Monday. We made it through. Okay, sorry to Dennis Pitter. Ran out of time for Dave. I'm Jim. Shout out to Michael Reed. Go Cougs! Some images from Saturday's win.